I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast, where you join us today in HQ in Limerick as usual. But Darren, you're down to Cork, buddy. I got back safe and sound after the last trip. Now I'm really happy to be able to get in, yeah. So I'm good. Did you get through the, uh, the, 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 the border line? Like, was there a hard border? Only for people coming into Cork, from outside of Cork, oh, right, not okay. from Cork. And they were okay with the Cork passports, obviously, yes. Well, of course, like, I mean, you know what I mean? As you know, it's a special place, you know? So if you have a Cork passport, well, very you're sorted. Special. I mean, there's no, there's no border control. But anything outside of that, like, you have to make sure you're, you're cleared, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know what? I actually said uh, Cork was a nice place and a podcast I recently featured on. So I featured on the Latitude Photography podcast last week. And I mentioned Cork as a nice place to visit with some lovely harbours. So I'll give you some props, guys. I do like Cork. Good man, fair play to you. So you'll put Cork even more on the map now as well for your one time that you did visit here. I'm glad you enjoyed. You had 100% hit rate, fair play to you. <laughs> anyway, we'll push all that under the rug for right now because we've something a bit different this week. Now, I know people who uh, follow the podcast and follow us on social media platforms that me, Jeremy O'Donovan, seems to have got this kind of, I don't know, Bit of an icon, bit of a name behind my face. And that would be, what, Darren Spoonley? Oh, for all things shiny, is it? The affliction that's yes, commonly known as gas. like that. Yeah, yeah, gas, that's the word. I, I I, lost my train of thought and I couldn't think of the name, you know. Why, what were you but thinking of buying? <laughs> I wasn't thinking of buying anything, buddy. I have no more money. I am broke. Are you gassed Flat out? Broke. Gassed out? Gassed out. That's it. Well, no, wait, actually, <laughs> I did purchase one ah, thing. There you go. There's always something. Yeah, but it's not for my photography. It's, I actually sent my wheels off from the van to be resplayed a gunmetal grey, kind of a black shimmer um, for my van. So the van's getting a new lick of paint on the wheels so to match up with the rest of the style of the van. So It will also match up with your low-pro powder. Low pro- oh, yeah. There you go. There Did you, you get your so orange apple pencil looking lovely yet? after Christmas? No, um, and someone mentioned in the um, the group, you know, from the the, the, the show notes the other day on the Facebook page, the few bits of advice. So Eddie Hennessy, fair play to him, was sticking in a few bits of advice. Um, Garrett messaged us with some great advice. Thank you very much, Garrett. Really appreciate it. And I have went away and I purchased an, a genuine apple pencil and i didn't buy it second hand either i paid full price for it in a shop <laughs> wow did you get free free spray paint uh no unfortunately no i just left it white i left it white all right okay but okay. you know what we, we we won't talk about that now because we are using that information for the podcast after christmas and i do urge people to listen to the follow-up on mobile editing because it is going to be a banger i promise you it's 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 really cool some great promising things coming. So for today, right, I got to hook up with a guy called Dave Kai Piper. He's actually a really awesome guy. Uh, he's from England and he was gracious enough to reach out to me asking me did I want to test out the panic panic? <laughs> did you panic? <laughs> I panicked, I panicked there, I got a bit stifled. The Panasonic S1R. So this is the full frame. A high resolution camera from Panasonic and it's only out in the market only a small bit So uh, have you any idea about that camera down? I have a small bit of an idea right from just talking with Greg that time when he was talking about the different types of Panasonic cameras that were available and that Some of them are designed I believe more so for video and there's ones that's designed more so for images So I think you're talking about the one there which is designed I think for images. It has a huge megapixel count is it? Yeah yeah, you're spot on with the with, with that buddy. Um, yeah, it is the one designed for photographs more than anything else. It's kind of like the Sony range. So you have the Sony A7R, the high megapixel camera. That's the kind of landscape um, photography camera and our high-end portraits. Um, whereas the A7S is the more video one. So the Panasonic have, I can't remember, 
Dave said in an interview. And do you know what? We're going to play that pretty soon. Um, do you know what? Let, let's just play that and see what the listeners think. And you have, you can have a listen to it now as well, man. All right? Okay, perfect, yeah. Don't we say uh, roll it, collect or something like that? Is that what you say? Roll, roll it, Roisin. Roll it, Roisin. <laughs> okay, here's Dave Kai Piper. Hope you enjoy it, guys. Hello, and we've brought on a little mini special guest today simply because uh, last week we went out and we had a bit of fun. We got to play with a Panasonic S1R. So uh, thank you very much to Dave Kai Piper, who's graciously come on to the podcast today to talk more about uh, different unmainstreamed cameras such as Sony, Canon, Nikon. So yeah, Panasonic, welcome to the podcast, Dave. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on when people, when people, <laughs> when people are listening. It was good morning to us, so we'll it keep is, it at that. It is, we'll it keep is. it at that. I haven't even had breakfast yet. Oh Jesus! Either have I. <laughs> anyway, so you are a retired photographer, and you're in the in the midst of writing a book or producing a book at the moment, are you? Yeah, I, I've been struggling with what sort of photographer I am since. You know, um, for a long, long time, this identity crisis of what I do. I tend to flip, uh, flip between <laughs> portraiture, um, the, the the kind of land. When I when I say landscape photography, I, I kind of mean landscape photography is my 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 hobby, and the portraiture tend to be yes. the the work. Um, uh, okay. So yeah. So w- where I am right now, I'm kind of kind of stepping back from taking pictures and trying to kind of consolidate my thoughts. Um, hopefully, putting them into a book. And so that's my kind of 12-month plan from here. Interesting. That is definitely a purchase I will be making for sure. But anyway, let's jump right into the ticketing. So you and I kind of hooked up. We kind of met online and kind of built a relationship from there. So, And you graciously invited me out with uh, your uh, your boss, well, <laughs> Mrs. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie, to shoot with the Panasonic S1R. Can you tell me more about the camera? I, I can do my best. I can I can do do my best. Um, so I've been I've been uh, a very heavy user of Fujifilm for for a long time I, uh, since the original X series lineup came out, and I've been I I kind of shot with the D eight hundred along that. I I've used pretty much every camera there is. Um, I think at some mm. point I've owned every single brand bar Olympus and and shot with everyone but Anger like kind of in Anger. I mean, um, I I've had. <laughs> Panasonic's before is in the GH4, which we used mainly for video. We didn't really go near it for stills. But I've always been a. Okay. I've always watched kind of different camera brands. When the Panasonic S1R came out, I was really particularly interested in the L mount. the The first thing that grabbed me was the L mount system and that alliance between Leica and Sigma. That was the thing that that caught me. And then, so I got in touch with Panasonic and I said, hey, I'd love to have a play around with this camera. They were very, very gracious and popped one in the post to me. And mm. I was totally, 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 um, I kind of, so I kind of went in blind as to what the specifications of the camera were, what the capabilities of the camera were. It just kind of arrived. And then I had a tremendous time kind of uh, getting to know it and getting to learn its, its um you know the, the the way it wants it wants to wants to be used, I guess. Perform, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things I thought was really really good it's got superb resolution, like the quality, especially when used with the right glass. Because uh, some pictures we were using the twenty four to one five, but then when you married the lens with the Leica fifty mil, I think that camera just transformed into something really really special would you agree oh absolutely absolutely so when the camera first arrived i had the gfx um 50 s and r here and when it first arrived i just took that 50 megapixel kind of ballpark number and thought well this is going to be you know like like for like one's going to be a little bit better one's going to be a little bit worse in different things but when you put that like a lens on like something something does happen something special for sure and then and then all the technology that they're putting into this camera um i mean this the stabilization as we had as we played with um yeah it's 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 got a thing called dual image stabilization doesn't it yes yeah so do you know much about that or like or how did it perform for you on when you're out and about so 
since since I've had I I'm not connected in pa- with Panasonic in any way, shape, or form. So mm. I've spent more time trying to trying trying to figure out how the camera works best for me. That's how I've always looked at, at technology. The how the the technology that's actually in the camera. Um, um, they they have um, a very very sophisticated stabilization system, and uh, and the the way that it works is is um, is is quite phenomenal. It, it lets me shoot in situations that I probably um, wouldn't have before without a tripod for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure because the two of us are kind of at this like mini competition to see who could take the longest shutter speed of a shot. So. Uh, I don't know who won officially in the end, but I think at one stage we were shooting photographs handheld, by the way. Now we are crouched into our body, you know, and they're handheld at about two seconds. And it worked. Uh, it actually uh, worked. 50 mil as well, you know. Not, <sighs> it, I mean, yeah. a 16 mil, you know, you could might might get away with that on a, on a different brand, but it was it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what I actually loved about it? It was like um kind of like this G force meter. So up in the screen you got it up for me and oh, uh, it basically yeah. kind of like this little green ball is moving around. So if you tilted the camera forward then the ball would go to the top and if you pointed the camera upwards, obviously it'd go down to the bottom and so on and so forth. So it's really interesting to see how much your body is actually moving. And you, you and I would both think without this on, you think, Oh, I'm rock solid, dead steady dead steady so I can take a shot at anything but then you see this thing and you're going man I'm moving all over the place so it yeah, just kind of gets yeah, you yeah. thinking about am I shooting on the right shutter speed all the time yeah I mean the the, 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 thing, the thing that's interesting about doing that um, so I used to I used to teach um, photography at Wolverhampton University uh, back in Birmingham and mm. one of the one of the things that that I kind of was a, a, a stickler for was just good old-fashioned camera technique. How to hold your camera properly, and yeah. you know that that three that three points of contact. That when you start to do these seemingly fun challenges of how slow can you photograph? How you know what's the slowest shutter speed you can use to get a stable image? Yeah. When you do some of these fun things, um, you actually start to think about how stable you can get a camera and why the weight of a camera does matter. Why? Um, one of the reasons that I really did like the Panasonic was because of the weight. And one of the things that I left the Fujifilm systems for was because the the lack of the weight. So it, <laughs> it, it's kind of like I felt I felt slightly conflicted about how much I did end up liking the Panasonic um, because it's everything that for the last decade I've I've not wanted in a camera. And I've and now I'm realizing how much I've missed a, a good heavy properly rugged piece of kit. Yeah, yeah, it it is quite heavy. So the camera itself is weighing in at one point nine eight pounds, uh, according to online sources. So it's not exactly uh, the lightest camera on the market, considering what it's up against, especially with the whole mirrorless wars coming in now. Like you said, with Fujifilm, Canon, Sony, with the A seven three, and so on and so forth. So it is kind of a change of tune especially when when i was shooting this uh dslr bodies for so long and then i made the jump to mirrorless and i i've been shooting on very light lens or light cameras you know my lenses are a bit heavy because i shoot primarily shoot with sigma art lenses because i just simply love the quality of glass but they are heavy so imagine if i had that body on with a sigma lens then you're really kind of getting into territory now where it's kind of it's going to get tired some if you're carrying around those those two married pieces of equipment all day long. So the, the the way that my head works with with this is that specifically with 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 the Sigma art lenses, they're de- they're designed for for quality, and Correct. there's there's little little to few wiggle room with the laws of physics. If you want a certain resolution of a certain f stop or t stop through some glass hitting the sensor, there are certain certain things you cannot change. And that, that comes at the minute with, with weight. Now, Sigma use uh, Florian lenses, which help get some of the weight down. Um, but yeah. as a rule, quality equals weight. That will never change. Um, no. No. So that's... And Alfie, Alfie Gagan is the Sigma uh, dealer, or not dealer, um, kind of headman honcho here in Ireland. And he's always preaching. He's like, we can give you 
smaller, lighter lenses, but the quality is not going to be there. So, you know, he, he's a big proponent of, look, look, the weight is there. That means it's quality. The, the only, the only, I don't, I don't, I don't want to call the, call the fella out at all, but the only, um, the only exception I've ever seen to that is the new Sigma 45mm lens, because that's phenomenal and light. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know, I'm not sure if you've had a play around with that lens. Um, no, not yet. Now, he was primarily talking about the, the 105 right, Pokemon, right, so right, that right, big, right. heavy one. Uh, yeah. Like the two of us were sitting down talking about it, and it's like, this thing is a beast. I was like, it's heavy. I was like, but I want it. <laughs> I want it. And I got it. So, so my, my, my thoughts of photography have always, and, and picking the right camera, which I guess essentially is, is uh, picking the right camera for, for you might not be Canon or Nikon or Fujifilm, or whatever brand that you used to use. And and the thing that gets me specifically about the Panasonic is, is um, I tend to travel everywhere on a motorbike. That, that's, yep. my, that's my travel thing. And for a long time, it's actually very, very difficult to sit down and figure out the kit that I'm, I might need in three days in a place that I don't know. So when I'm trying to figure out which tripod to take or anything like that, I have to think a lot about it and which camera to take and which lenses to take is the is the hardest decision because sometimes I want to shoot video and sometimes I want to shoot stills and depending on the different lenses, different cameras, different camera bodies come into their play. With the Panasonic, with the L-mount system, it's the first time that it's given me absolute confidence that all I need is one body. That's the, it's the mm-hmm. first time that that's ever, that's ever come up. Um, well, and, and that for me is the big, is the big thing um, because I, I I know that the range of glass will be there, um, yeah. and the body is the first time that I've ever seen um, the video and the resolution of the the still. So we had the S one R, which is the video, sorry, which is the the stills kind of um, yeah. blind camera. Then there's the so it's forty seven point three megapixels, so it's a very very high resolution camera, and it's coming in. And then you guys, you you married, like I said, we had the twenty four twenty five lens. It has an EVF, yeah. so it is really really cool. So it had all those uh, focus peaking. It has all those advantages. Yeah. So it it really floats the boat for a lot of people, and I think a lot of people should actually start thinking about other manufacturers rather than the mainstream ones like Sony, Canon, Nikon. Slot around, see what you can get. You know, if something tickles or fancy, by all means, get one, like, you know? It, yeah, absolutely. The, 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 just because your friends shoot a certain thing, it does not mean that, that what product that is is going to be perfectly suited for you. And sometimes it does take a little, little mm. bit of a, a leap of faith to walk towards a brand that you haven't really seen or used much before but that's because they might be making a new product or something that is different and fuji fuji film i guess now aren't considered to have the same issue that panasonic might be having right now but but 10 years ago i suppose it was it nine years ago since the x system came out eight eight years maybe i don't know um they had the very same problem i i remember having the x pro the original x pro and I was uh, I was doing a, a, a talking event at somewhere or, or something. I, mean, I can't remember where it was. Anyway, I, had, I generally had a, a conversation with a chap that looked me square in the eye and said, you're using that because you're being paid to use that. No one seriously is using an APS system <laughs> to work with. No one's seriously doing that. And he just couldn't get his head round that I was working with a what he called a half-size sensor. <laughs> and I was like, the camera isn't, it's not, it doesn't have a small sensor. It doesn't have a half size sensor. It has exactly the right sensor that they intended to put in it to work with the lenses that are on it, to work in the way that they are offering a system to be used. It is absolutely designed perfectly for what it is intended to do. Now, if it yeah. doesn't work for you, that's because you're using something that wasn't intended to be used that way. And which is fine. You can find adaptions, and you can work, and you can work around things. But you might find that there is a better solution for something that's intended to be used the way that you want to use it. 
Now, I was perfectly happy, and I am perfectly... No one in the world will take my X-Pro 2 away from me with the 35mm. That's my absolutely go-to love camera lens combination in the world. That's your baby. Yeah, it's, it's the same lens I've had since day one. It's pretty much silver now. The, the, it, it needs a good service. It must have mud from yeah. seven different continents in it. It's wow. It, it, but that's my you know that I've fallen in love with that. That's my that's my thing. But Fuji had the same problem all those years ago, of 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 being an, an outsider of Canon and Nikon, yeah. and through good creative marketing and through a very close network of ambassadors around the world they've managed to slowly erode this mental idea that uh, um uh, or i should say mental philosophy rather than mental idea mental idea sounds like a crazy idea like the, 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 <laughs> the, but this philosophy all the all that marketing that canon and nikon have done for generations and generations that pro photographers use either canon or nikon it's yeah. just not true i know people today that work commercially with phones like it, yeah. it's it's about yeah. what you're doing, not necessarily how you're doing it. But figuring out what you do will lead you down the route of finding the right camera system to help you do it. Yeah. Now you, we talk about you know, all the pros of of this camera. Now there are certain things that it does not do. Now, in my opinion, the video on it was oh absolutely amazing. And and Dave, I've made a bit of a boo boo when we were out filming when I was you know, doing the B roll at 120 frames. <laughs> I was I wasn't recording when I was supposed to and then I was recording when I wasn't supposed to so all my B-roll from using that camera is just like I could, going up in the trees and walking I, around I, I, so could, I, could, I can send you some stuff brilliant brilliant that'd be fantastic but it does shoot 4k video at 60p and uh, it's just the quality of it is just absolutely fantastic but but that comes with a caveat because the S1 apparently is supposed to be slightly better for video so the S1R so so in terms of in terms of video the S1R is the i think i could say safely say it's the it has the 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 lowest specification directly for video and then the mm. S1 which is the kind of hybrid between the 1 and the H sits in yep. the middle and then the s1h is just the absolute video beast monster um that thing yep. is literally designed for video it's it's i think i'm i think i'm right in saying it's the first mirrorless system camera that netflix will let you you let you use go away like it's it like didn't know that so, so this 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 idea of of um uh small systems shooting great video that's 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 fine. Yeah. But what one of the things that when I started shooting video, one of the things I quickly learned is is that video cameras are not sorry, stills cameras are not video cameras. Doesn't matter what the specification video file you you're taking out of it. It's it's how yeah. the camera works. It's the it's the fact that the S one H has a proper fan cool uh, a, a cooling fan yeah. in the actual camera cooling directly to the back of the sensor with a heat exchange and output it's it's a it's a purely video based camera um and yeah. it's gotcha. it does great stills so it's kind of like they've taken the, the the best of both worlds and made three cameras um kind of line them but for for for, for what i need from video the s1r is absolutely perfect um it's just interesting to think that there's two better cameras for video in the same range um, from that, it's, it's it's way like the 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 S1H is way above what I would need for video, and I would prefer to ha have the higher resolution for the stills. Yeah, and, uh, I didn't even show you the um, so the so so the camera does have a hundred and eighty-seven megapixel mode on it. I oh, didn't wow. show you this, did I? No, no. Okay, Asha. yeah. So you stick the camera on a tripod, and it essentially takes multiple images. Uh, stitches them together, slightly phase shifts them, I think, to build up a a, a, a comped image of 187 megapixel. Why why that we didn't insane. do that, I don't know, because it would look great with the water moving. Yeah, it would have, actually. Food for thought. Maybe another time. Maybe yeah, another yeah. time. So this, this, this camera is coming in. Uh, it's Con's cameras on their website. It's, it was €3,799, but you can save, at the moment, €300. So it's down to... Three thousand four hundred and ninety-nine euros, but it's out of stock. 
So maybe because it's Black Friday today. Now we are recording this a few weeks in advance. Um, but yeah, it's out of stock. So that's a, I suppose that's a good thing if people if they're out of stock, people are buying them. I th- uh, well, uh, hmm. interesting. Hmm. It is, isn't it? Yeah, because I I don't think I don't think they're flying off the shelf. Um, I think I, it was, I think that might have been a case of, of low low stock placed in placed in Ireland. Okay. Um, in Maybe. in the UK, and I'm not sure if it extends to the Republic of Ireland or or Northern Ireland actually, but Panasonic do have an awesome awesome loan scheme where you can pretty much ring them up and say, hey, look, I want to have a look at the camera, and 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 they will bend over backwards to try and help. Wow. Um, Okay. Help you look, you know, help you have a play because that that is the hardest hardest thing is to is to actually. I feel um, very um, lucky to be in a situation where I can um, have extended time to play with different camera systems and different lenses and that sort of thing. Um, so that lets me make informed decisions, and it's it's only after kind of three or four weeks of playing with the Panasonic that I really started to think, yeah, I would buy this. Um, it must be very very difficult to just look at the internet and go, oh, I'll have that one. Um, yeah, you know, that, that's uh, so okay. finding places um, to actually go and have a look at look at the cameras is is difficult for sure. Brilliant. So if you had three and a half grand in your pocket right now, would you buy this camera? My philosophy is with, with money, the best investment you can ever, ever, ever make is, is travel, is petrol. Go places. Oh, wow. Didn't see that coming. That's, that's, all, <laughs> that's always been my philosophy because I've already got a very, very capable camera. So mm-hmm. would I spend that three and a half thousand pounds on a new camera when I've already got a camera? That's a different question. What I would do if you gave me three okay. and a half thousand pounds, I would go and travel somewhere, somewhere exotic. But I think what you're asking me is, would I spend my own money on that camera? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to answer it. We, I kind of know your answer. <laughs> when I tell you this much, if I had three and a half grand, I would take, I would have a serious think about it because I think personally it's an absolute fantastic camera and it was a joy to use, being totally the, honest. The, 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 biggest, the biggest thing at the minute is when you're thinking about investments is thinking about lenses because that's, that's actually yes. going to be the, the kind of the nine-tenths of your investment over the lifetime of the kit. So when you're buying into a brand, you're buying into what lenses they're going to be making. When you're buying into the Panasonic system, you're buying, in my eyes, into the Sigma lens lens range yes um and by the end of 2020 sigma are going to have converted 20 of their art series lenses into the l mount system on top of the leica lenses which you'll be able to use on top of the panasonic lenses that you'll be able to use Mm -hmm. which opens up a massive massive range so if you're looking for um safety a, a safety net in your investment buying into a brand you that's that's not even a question that you're going to have to worry about because it's all there yeah that sounds absolutely awesome so dave come here thank you very much for coming on we really really do appreciate it and i can't wait for this to go out because i i really think people want them the more choice that people have the better you know and it brings are all these other companies kind of trying to push ahead and trying to get ahead of one each other so it's, it can only be good for us so thank you very much for coming on buddy i really do appreciate it absolute pleasure thank you very much canon nikon sony all great batteries but at a great cost extreme batteries from Hanel are affordable and have increased ultra high capacity extra durability in stream conditions shock absorbing construction and better yet they even come in orange get yours now okay so i hope you enjoyed that little piece with dave um like i said a pure genuine human being really really nice guy uh darren what do you think of that piece i think it was very good i think you had a good chat and it was really interesting to hear his thoughts on how he in the past i suppose really would have taught photography in the uk and then to translate what he's taught and about holding the camera correctly, I think, was a very interesting one for me. And again, you know, you're talking about the different types of cameras. And I think looking or listening to you guys with that camera, you were able to take handheld shots for up to two seconds without any yeah. movement. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was quite insane. Now, to be fair, I think we were just touching about two seconds. So, the way he was holding the camera to take the picture was really really cool. It was very interesting, and having that kind of uh, G-force meter, that kind of little spot, yeah, on the camera, that sounds mad. Really does give a great representation of how much you're moving. I'm telling you, you wouldn't realize how much you're moving until you actually see this thing and go, "Man, this is insane!" Mm. It's really really cool. It's a very unique feature, and. Will it benefit you in the long run for photography? Probably not, but it just gives you an idea of how much you are moving, so you really need to kind of move up your shutter speed. So, like, if you shoot at such a, such a slow shutter speed, you're going to get camera movement, you're going to get camera blur. And from time to time, I will make that mistake, especially in a wedding, because if I'm uh, inside a wedding, right, in a church, mm-hmm. in a dark church, I'm going to lower my shutter speed as, as low as I can. When you have the camera up to your eye and you take that picture, you'll reduce the, the, the wheel, the, the shutter wheel, and you might go too low, so you might be shooting at a 60th of a second, but you, I'll be shooting on the Boca Monster at 100 mil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I could get motion blur. But with this camera, with the Panasonic SR1, S1R, sorry, you know, you can see it, with how much you're actually moving with the camera. So you would, it is a crazy amount, man. You'd be shocked how much we move. Yeah, I think it was interesting just to hear you talk about it again, that you know how people use their camera and to match the camera up to what their needs actually will be. I think it's such an interesting point because, you know, you look at the mainstream cameras, the Canon, the Nikon, the Sonys, they're generally a good all-round camera that they suit many different needs. Okay, some of them are more of a workhorse. Some of them are more suited in regards to, you know, the 7D, which is a fast shutter speed. But even if you look at there now with the newer cameras that Canon brought out and the mirrorless cameras, what were you getting on that M50? Uh, 14 frames per second? Yeah, 14 frames a second, it was it was awesome. It really does feel like I'm using a 1DX Mark II, yeah. which I've never used. And Canon, if you're listening, yeah, you might send one down if you're feeling compelled to. I would love to give it a go. <laughs> but uh, it's really, really cool. So when you're pressing the shutter button on that camera, it's literally like a machine gun. You can hear this thing going... <laughs> cool. Where, where's my Canon ESR? was piss poor performance for a high shutter rate like and what was the shutter speed like on the Panasonic I don't know <laughs> you didn't do the fast shutter speed on it no I was actually too taken back by the quality of the video and trying to get a composition out in the clear lens hang on hang on so um, that was the other point as well I wanted to raise with you you're saying that you were so impressed with the quality of the video yet you were using a camera which was designed for stills and then when you say about the most interesting thing I think I saw, I heard about it then was that, or you said, sorry, when you used the 50 mil, it just turned mm. it into a completely different beast. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so we started off with the 24 to 105, and it was a very, very good lens, very crisp, very clean, uh, no artifacts, no haloing, no nothing in any way, shape or form. But it's a boring lens it's just like the canon esr or the rf 24-105 i'm guessing it's like the sony 24-105 it's a great all-rounder lens but it does nothing special mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. now when we put this lens on the 50 mil leica it literally transformed the camera into a different camera <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, even from looking at the, the the quality on the back of the camera when you see it it's just Man, this is just, it's actually blowing me away. So we actually did a bit of video work on it and we were shooting at like 1.4 or something like that uh, with the video and I was doing a bit of piece to camera. And so I checked it when I got back to the, the camera. And I was like, that's really, really impressive from the back of the camera. It's like, but I was like, in the back of my brain, in the back of my mind, I was like, it'll be a different story when I come home to the computer. It won't be as good as... Uh, do, you know, do you know ever get a photograph and you go, yeah, this is unreal, yeah, I'm stoked, man. I, I'm really shaking with excitement. Yes. But then you get home, it's like, eh, it's average. Yes. It's okay. Yes. It's good, but it's not great. Yes. But when I got back to the computer and I put the, that memory card in and I checked that video file, I was like, holy sweet mother of God. It was that good. It's just... It was that good. It really is. And what was it? I mean, what, the lens. What was so good about it? Was it the sharpness? Was it the color rendition? Was it the bokeh that you got from the background with video? Bokeh, so sharp. It is. It. It's actually. I would love to do a test between the sharpness of that lens and the Sigma bokeh monster. Wow. I'd like to test the two 
do two of those lenses in sharpness. And if I'm being totally honest, I know I'm a biased human being towards Sigmart. I love using those lenses. But I actually think the Leica will give it a run for its money. And dare I say, it could be quite possibly better. Well, it would want to be better based on the price of it. I mean, Leica is a super premium lens and, you know, it's going to cost you a hell of a lot more than the Sigma Boca Monster. And that's, I think, what's the beauty of the Sigma lenses. And it was interesting when Dave was talking about the different, you know, combinations of lenses that you can use and the body that you would use. And he's leaning towards the Sigma range because you've got that wide range going to be available. And then you say, throw it onto this Panasonic body. Is, is it a game changer for for video or is it also do the same thing on the image quality? Were you getting incredible images as well off it? Now, when I checked the images, the image quality was absolutely fantastic, but I got no blow me away images. I thought my images on the day were, were not great. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong with them. They're, they're okay photographs, but... They're snapshots. Uh, they would probably, yeah, they would probably never see the light of day, only for I'm actually making a vlog about this also. So uh, it might feature after Christmas. So I'm just a bit backed up with a, a few projects to have to get out first and uh, work them. Really busy. So after Christmas, you might get to see this vlog. And look, it, they're okay. But they're nothing special. But the camera, when it do, when you do take the pictures with it, it is really, really good. I love the fact that it has focus peaking, just like the Canon ESR or the Sony A7R Mark III or IV, or whatever it is that has it. Um, so that was a nice little feature to have. Um, it's got all these kind of scopes then the, for video like and everything in it, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, it was shooting, um, I think it was 120 frames a second, uh, 1080p, or was it 4K? Was it 4K? Wow. Sorry, no, I can't exactly remember, but it was actually really, really good. It was 60 at 4K, the funny thing about it was, I think so. I think you might be right. Um, but when I was shooting, uh, I said, okay, I need to get some cinematic Buttery B-roll, pure oh, yeah. McKinnon kind of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. But I made a balls of it, Darren. I'm actually made a balls of it. You did, yeah. So, so you, what happened was... You, you, what you do, you press the wrong button or you pressed record and you're supposed to press yeah. stop? Yeah, yeah. So I was recording when I was carrying the camera around in my hand, not doing anything. And then when I, was, I pressed record the button again to go record and I pressed stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing all these movements as if I was really recording. They are going... Oh yeah, this is gonna be epic, man! Look at this in the water, falling off the waterfall, and everything. I was like, "Yeah, kind of." Disheartened uh, me a small bit when I got home, you know, and I checked it, and I was like, "Ah, shit!" <laughs> and actually, you know what? That's pisser even more so because I think it would be incredible with the dual IS that it has. So you probably were, as Peter McKinnon was saying, getting buttery smooth footage, handheld. Oh, yeah. At the beautiful. So yeah. from a video point of view, I think it would be something phenomenal. And, you know, we know one of our past guests, Greg, he does all his video on his Panasonic GH1, I think, or 5, GH5, I think, I'm not quite sure. Um, but he swears by it in regards yeah, to what it can do for you and the vi type of video that you can get. But I was going to ask you a question, and you kind of alluded to it there. So you and I are Canon heads. I can pick up a Canon mm any of the numbers and I'm not going to take that long to be able to figure out what I'm doing because you create muscle memory and you know exactly where the structure of the menu is set up so you're able to go to what you're looking for relatively quickly but then when you change to a whole new system and you know like there are other types of brands that are out there and there are people that god forbid you know they move from Canon to another brand but you know people do do that right so <laughs> when you picked up the Panasonic how did it feel, number one, in your hand? And number two, how did it feel trying to navigate through the menus? Yeah, okay. Won't tell a lie. When I picked it up first, I was like, man, this thing weighs a ton. All right? But it is a heavy camera. But I think it was a heavy camera simply because I've been using mirrorless cameras for, what, six months now? Mm -hmm. Give or take? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of used to the whole mirrorless game now, and I'm trying to use these lighter lenses and everything like that. Now, the Boca Monster is an exception. It is a very heavy lens. Yes. But uh, even when I use my own 5D Mark III, I still use it to this day for f certain things, and that is a heavy camera to me also. But I think the Panasonic is actually slightly heavier than Mark III. I don't have the figures here in front of me, but uh, it was a very, very heavy camera. But Dave makes a very valid point, saying that the maybe in his head, that the ca you are being more stable with your camera, the heavier that it is. Whereas if we've these lighter cameras and these lighter lenses, 
that it's kind of shaking all over the place. You don't have the same stability in your hands if it if you don't have a bit of weight in it, you know? Absolutely, you're dead right. And I think that is something which has a huge benefit to like, you know, when you put something into your hand, it's the form factor, it's how it feels in your hand. Does it feel solid? Does it feel that, you know what, this is what it's supposed to be? As opposed to picking up something that could feel light or plasticky and you wouldn't even think that you've got a, such a powerful camera in your hand. It kind of feels a small bit like a compact camera to a certain extent when you've got something that's too light. Mm. But on the flip side to that, when you go to this Panasonic and, you know, the 5D Mark IV is another example where it's a solidly built camera, but at the same point, it's heavy. But when you now take that out of it and you're so used to holding it in your hand and you're so used to having that chunk in your hand that you feel comfortable with, then you change that and take that weight away you can not get your um, smoothness because you're trying to overcompensate for something that's actually not even there. And I've noticed that when I use the DJI um, Pocket. Yeah. Sure, think of this, right? Do you ever do this when you're a child, right? So what you do is you get your thumbs, yeah. you stick them into your elastic-waisted pants, and you pull out and you leave your thumbs there for like, I don't know, a minute, right? Take your hands out of your pants, leave your hands here, your hands will actually start to rise up. I, I, I urge all the listeners to do that right now. You have this really phenomenal. The, the only people that can do this now are people that are wearing tracksuits, okay? So have your elastic band in your pants. <laughs> Most people wear jeans that don't have an elastic band and a belt. So, Act hang on, here. disclaimer. If you are, like Dermot, that wears <laughs> tracksuit pants for 90% of the time, you can try said experiment. <laughs> uh, you can do it with any pants just try it trust me I know you've done it as, as a child Spoonie so don't deny it no, we've all done I, it I haven't done that anyway no, you ha- no. you're a feckin liar <laughs> I haven't <laughs> alright so yeah, I want you all to try that when you when you, when you, when you get a chance but you, I want you to try it in a while um, but anyway we'll go back to you asked me a question about the navigating in the system and <laughs> um, that was okay. It wasn't it wasn't too complicated. Everything was kind of laid out in a decent way. Uh, it was just a bit foreign to me simply because it's something that I haven't used ever before. So getting to, through a few things on the camera was, was quite interesting. It took me a while to find certain things. And Dave was asking me then, did I need help going through it? It's like, no, I'm better off kind of doing it on my own so it's, you know, I get a feel for it. The buttons on the camera, I actually really like. They're very tactile. Okay. They do not feel cheap in any way, shape, or form. They wouldn't want Whereas to. For the like price, just my how much was it? 3,600 yeah, euro? Yeah. I think something like that, yeah. yeah. 3,300, I think. Okay. Oh, yeah, so that's like with the 300 like, back off, yeah. When, yeah, yeah. So, like, even, just say, take these headphones. Like, I have these premium headphones. They're like Dr. Trey Studio Beats, like... Fucking like 300 euros and I'm not happy you're, still, fine. you're still not any cooler by the way when you're wearing them yeah yeah, yeah there you go so like even the, the feel good in the head there's great quality but then when I press the button to stop and play it aside it feels cheap yes it feels plastically it feels crap it really does whereas with the Panasonic when you're pressing those buttons you're pressing them you know it's quality you know it's not going to break you know it's not going to fall off and there's no this kind of cheap clickiness in it. It's, just, it's very tactile and it's very, very good. So as a built, a building standard, it's very well built. It's very strong. If you drop it, if it takes a fall, I do think that it's going to take the brunt of it and it's not going to break like some other cameras would in the market, like Sony or the Canon ESR. They will smash to pieces if you do drop them, I would reckon. I haven't ever done it, but I'm just taking a wild guess here. And I'm sure, look, you know, that's an important part because you want to make sure something is going to be strong and robust because you're going to take it out into the field and if you're going to use it from a video point of view, you're going to use it a lot. It's going to be knocked around. If you're going to take it out from a landscape point of view or portraiture or a wedding, you're going to use your camera quite a lot. So, you know, of course you have to have something that's going to be well built, but I do think for the price of it as well, it would want to be well built because it certainly isn't cheap. And when you think of, you know, the main market that's out there. Canon is number one, Nikon is number two, or is Sony number two now? Whoa, 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 whoa. Or is Sony number oh, yeah, one now? Yeah, there you go. No, Sony is not number one. How dare you? Wash your mouth out, you dirty human being. Well, it depends. <laughs> the amount of sensors that are out there. Not the camera body, because Sony, Sony is producing a huge amount of the sensors. That's, so when you think about the cross-pollination that's going on in the camera industry and the different sensors that are being used, the L alliance in regards to the design of the lenses and such like that, are all Mount yeah, are all cameras? <laughs> I had to do it. 
are, are all cameras effectively the same, but just with a different menu structure up on top of it? And when you think about changing camera, is it something that you would say, okay, hang on, I'm not going to move to this camera system. I go, it has all these bells and whistles and it all sounds fantastic, but I can't use the menu. And you talked before about using Sony, but you found the menu system in Sony be, to be diabolical. And you're much more comfortable using mm. the Sony system, or not the, sorry, the menu system in the Canon. So now you spoke about the system that's there in um, Panasonic, but ultimately, Panasonic. like I said from the outset, you know, is Sony producing a lot of the parts that are being used in these cameras? So effectively, is Sony the number one of the nuts and bolts, but everybody else is just pack putting a different packaging around the outside, changing a few menu settings and putting in maybe one or two extra features. It's an interesting t thought you have there, uh, simply because Nikon is using the Sony sensors anyway in a lot of their cameras. Exactly. So if you if you doubled up on their sales, yeah, Sony is probably going to take the number one. But as an individual and independent market, Canon are leading the game. They are top of the table. They are our number one as an overall uh, can can camera manufacturer. Whereas Sony have now overtaken Nikon, as it has been reported in the last two weeks or last week. I can't remember which, which one. And then Nikon is coming in third. Uh, the rest of the cameras, which I would like to talk about. This is why this whole topic came up, really, was the ancillary cameras that are out there. So you have... Fujifilm, you have DJI, which are coming up uh, into this market as well. And you also have the Sigma uh, new full-frame camera, the FP also. And I think I think you're going to get your hands in that soon enough, are you? Yeah, hopefully so, yeah. I have my name down to get my hand whenever it becomes available because I really like the Sigma cameras. And this camera, again, when you think in regards to what the manufacturers of other cameras are offering now outside the mainstreams, this Sigma camera looks absolutely Awesome. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I think it would be very interesting based on what I've done with the other Sigma cameras. But even there, you look at the different types that are Fuji. I know you've got the Fuji X-T system and the X-T1, X-T3. I couldn't tell you what the differences are between them, but people that move to Fuji swear by Fuji. Mm. Now, they, there is one guy from County Clare, John Kelly. Uh, really nice guy. Very, very good photographer. I think he shoots for the Clare champion. And he was saying that he changed over to Fujifilm, right? And then he said when he had it, oh, Fujifilm, they're actually very, very good. Quite happy with them. Uh, I'll never get rid of this, right? Mm -hmm. And apparently he bought a Nikon Z6, or was it Z7? I can't remember which one. And then he said he, he sold all his Fuji gear and said, I'm never buying a Fujifilm again. <laughs> <laughs> So isn't it mad how the human brain works and like once it's like your girlfriend, you know, I don't want that ex-girlfriend anymore. You get a new girlfriend. It's just, yeah, she's so much better in so many ways. But then you get sick of that girlfriend and you move on to the next girlfriend, you know. Hang on, you, you don't even need to paraphrase it because you're suffering from exactly the same thing every single day, every week in regards to the shiny things. You love them one what minute. Not? You're in love with them before you get them. You can't wait for them. You lost after them until you wait for them to arrive at the door with the postman to <laughs> ring the bell. You open it and you're salivating. You're like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I can't believe how I ever did anything without you. Then you, you touch it and you go, oh, you're exactly as I thought it was. You use it, you go, this is the best thing ever man and then you get an email version 2 coming next week you're crap I hate you I can't stand you <laughs> true story oh, that's funny that's funny ah but look come here I'm a canon dude true and true I did tip my toes into the Sony pond but it was too hot for me. I went came back to Canon uh, with my tail between my legs. And I'm sorry I ever bought a Sony. Yeah, yeah well, you know um, what? You're better. I was never, re you, never really happy with it. Yeah, you mean you're better off with the devil that you know. But at the same point, you mentioned there yeah. a second ago with DJI and DJI's recent acquisition of Hasselblad. That could be something which changes things going forward because I think DJI are innovative from the technology point of view and what they'll allow you to do. And if you couple that with what Hasselblad can do from the camera, I think it could be something special. But I do think potentially, okay, honestly, I think that Panasonic is quite expensive. But you look at what DJI are coming in and where they're positioning the products in the marketplace, I think that could be a phenomenal quality camera, but at an affordable price. And then you mentioned about you know the other add-ons and such like that, like you know the, the Leica lenses, Leica cameras too, man. 
Mm. It's interesting. It is very, very interesting. And I think us as photographers are only going to benefit from all this stuff, shiny things coming into the market. I think we live in a day and age that we have so many tools at our disposal. I can't, I can't understand how lucky we are, man. We are blessed with what we have. Well, especially from the amount of choice that's out there and the quality. But let me let me ask you a question, I suppose, to wrap up this uh, segment, right? Because yeah. I think you and I are cannon heads, like we said. You've already jumped ship once and you came back with your tail between your legs. But if you were to decide tomorrow that you're going to jump ship from Canon, what brand would you think is going to attract you right now? Oh. Um... Um, oh my god I can't believe I'm going to say this go on <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this you can't I'm going to go back to the Sony <laughs> oh I go back to Sony yeah <laughs> yeah because look I know it's some bit don't like the menu system but still I'm going to go to that they are look uh, I we laugh and joke and it's only a game right we slag Nikon we slag Sony and Sony and Nikon people slag Canon people and so on and so forth okay but they are all fabulous cameras especially Sony the, the dynamic range on those cameras is phenomenal it's unbelievable sure even the video uh, dynamic range is like 14 and a half stops that's bloody insane absolutely man. I mean you don't need filters in any way, shape, or form. You have S-Log you're shooting, and it's just like kind of Canon C-Log, and then you can grade your video afterwards. It's just, ah, ah, man, we're so lucky. But yeah, I'd probably go with a Sony A7R Mark II, or sorry, Mark IV. <laughs> Mark II? Um, oh, you got to get Sony 100 A7S. batteries with you. And to Gavin yeah. Hardcastle, I'd say he's 100 batteries to send you over there from his A7R Mark II. <laughs> yeah, sure, even when I sold my Mark II to that dude in... Um, uh, in County Cork, it was a County Cork or somewhere, wherever. Um, I gave him nine batteries. It's like, Jesus, mother of God, how is there so many batteries? <laughs> Start using it, you'll understand, buddy. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's interesting you go to Sony. For yeah. me, I think if I had a magic wand and I had unlimited resources, I'd love to jump ship and only to say that I could actually try it and see what it's like. And I, do they live up to the hype that's built around them as being the ultimate camera which is the phase one really if i yeah if i phase one. i would i wouldn't jump ship i just i'd stick with with canon all all day long um i was going to go to sony as well obviously as you said as i said to you in the past but because what i've seen what they're doing now from the usrs i'm not going to go to sony but if i was to jump ship to another brand and i had unlimited funds i'd go to phase one because it's a phenomenal idea of a camera it's a modular system yeah. it's the top of the range the sensors in them are phenomenal. 100 megapixels for the last how many years? I don't know how many years. But you imagine mm. what that's going to be able to do. Now, of course, it's a huge price tag, but they, again, are supposed to have unbelievable dynamic range. You don't get many people talking about them because most people can't afford one, but they're absolutely yeah. outrageously good from what I hear uh, in the image quality that you can get from them. I mean, you can, pin, you can print the size of a skyscraper off them as well. They're just ridiculous. Yeah, sure. I always get asked for those things every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Phase one are knocking on your door every week. <laughs> Hi, Dermot. We really wish you'd try out this because we really loved your review of Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know what? I'd love for you to try and edit a file in Lightroom. <laughs> one of those raw files. Around it. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Darren, thank you very much for coming on for that part of the podcast. Okay, I hope all our listeners enjoyed it. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with the VSP. Oh, Boom. how excited he is. It's going to be shiny. Today's episode is sponsored by BG Landscape Tours. Bernard leads photo tours and workshops north as far as Lofoten Islands, Senje, Faroe Islands, Iceland, Scotland, and as far south to the Italian Dolomites, Tenerife, Namibia, and Botswana, and not forgetting our own beautiful homeland of Ireland. Find out more at www.bglandscapetours.ie.
you're very welcome back to the Irish Trophy Podcast and we're still here talking about our VSP. So the VSP for all our new listeners is a very solid product. It's something that we've tried and we've tested and has got the gold seal of approval from myself or Darren. So this week's VSP is the Rhino Slider Pro Traveler. So what it actually is, is a motorized slider, which will move ever so slightly, bit by bit, for moving time lapses. Darren, you've seen this thing in action. What do you think of it, buddy? It actually looks great, I must say, and I was only waiting for this day when you actually would feature it as a VSP, because from what I've seen, what you've done with it has been phenomenal. So far, even when you went to Lofoten, again, don't mention the bad times, that I wish I was there, but yeah, um, <laughs> But what you did there was <laughs> phenomenal in the quality that you were able to pull out, I suppose, of the scenes. And it's so compact and it's so versatile and it seems so easy to use because it's, you can use it. <laughs> what can I say? But, you know, it's... <laughs> Thank a, you very much. It's okay. You know, you're welcome. But it's a very interesting looking product. And I was actually thinking after I seen you use that, seeing the results that you got in the Fortin, I'm like, all right, do I need to have a slider? You know, I mean, like, really, do I need to have a slider? But unlike you, I don't go off and order one straight away. I sit in it for a while and I think about it and I save up for it and I say, okay, I don't need to go to the credit union because I need to get that slider tomorrow. I have to have it tomorrow, which is exactly what you did when you got yeah. this. But I'm glad that you haven't fallen out of love with it yet until version two comes out. No, no. Now, so what the, the, the ROV Pro is an extremely portable and it's an app-controlled motor slider that you actually bring on your and your shoots with you for landscape or whatever. So it's uh, ultra compact and it's controlled by your phone uh, with an extremely intuitive app. Our ROV Pro even has the ability to capture timeless seamlessly with a built-in intervalometer. So with the Pro Traveler, you get the quick release ball head, you get a smartphone mount adapter, and with some of them then you can get a varial ND filter also. So it captures ultra smooth cinematic video on your DSLR or mirrorless camera. It can hold a camera up to five pounds with the included quick release ball mount. It also includes the phone mount for film B-roll with your smartphone also. It's a motorized movement with a built-in 24-hour rechargeable battery. And time-lapse modes can be captured at long exposures at night. And you need a cable which is not included. So keep that in mind that if you have a Canon ESR or a Sony S7, whatever the hell, and you need to pick that particular cable and order it when you're ordering your slider. What, one second there. Hang on a minute. There's no cable with it. Why? Because they don't know the type of camera that you're going to be using, is it? I would reckon so. But I think I, I'm a bit peeved off about that part that you actually have to, select, have to go in and buy it individually. And it's only, I think, five pounds or five something. Anyway. Absolutely outrageous. I, think I, I disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I disagree with that part. Even if just factored in the price of it into it, without you even knowing, I'd feel better about it. Or but the fact that you have to go in and pay an additional £5 or £10, whatever it is, to have this cable included in the kit. So it's like at Christmas when a child gets a present and there's no batteries in it. It know? is, or it's like a people in from a computer point of view and they get a printer and they come home and go plug it in when before they were Wi-Fi. How'd you get this thing to it? Oh yeah, you need a USB cable. What the hell? It's not in the box. No, you yeah. have to buy that separately. And you got to go all the way back down to the shop to get the USB cable because, okay, you were a typical male. You didn't ask for any help. You just went to go, that's the printer I want. Took it to the till and off you went out the door. But, you know, if you had an opportunity to talk to somebody, they went, have you got a USB cable? Because it's not included in the pack. I can't. That's no way, man. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy that they don't Look, include that cable for such a very good quality product. Now it's actually dropped down in my expectations from it. That's outrageous. Yeah. I agree with you, Darren. But look, we'll uh, we'll come back to the actual the dimensions and stuff like this of the traveler. So the traveler dimensions itself is twenty seven inches by four seven inches by four inches. So it's not that big. It's not. It's actually easy enough to carry around with you. It only weighs one point five pounds. So you pick it up with your baby finger, wouldn't even realize it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, the uh, the battery is an internal battery, so you don't need external batteries like AA's or anything like that. It's charged internally. And like I said, it lasts for 24 hours. Like I charged, I've charged my slider twice and I charged it twice needlessly because I was just worried about it going dead in a, on a shoot. 
and it was still half a battery in it, you know, but it lasts for ages. It's insane. You charge it because you're so used to all the other technology that you have running out of power so quickly. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Even your iPhone, your iPad. iPhone's the worst of the lot, and what are you talking about? Yeah. I, uh, and your Sony A7R Mark II. Oh, batteries, okay, sorry, I think corrected you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it can be charged in any way, shape, form, as long as you've got a USB hub. So uh, you can use um, uh, your iPhone charger, you can use an Android charger. You, you just need a cable for the USB, mini USB cable, and just plug it in and it charges it. How about a power bank? So you can work off a power bank too? Yeah, you can, yeah, absolutely, which is great. Yeah. You can even use your power bank to power the slider for an ultra long t period of time. So if you want to go longer than 24 hours, I don't know why you would want to. I suppose if you want to do night to day kind of transitions, what they would be done in over 24 hours i'm guessing but yeah so overall i think it's a fantastic product it's unreal i really love enjoying using it it's really transformed not only my photography but my vlogs and youtube and all that kind of thing you know it has stepped you up a level man and i think it's well worthy of bringing back the vsp it's been missing for a while i'm glad now you've got something really shiny you know i mean again we call a vsp very solid product but we should change it to very shiny product very shiny products. Oh, I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> no, VSP, it was born and bred as VSP, and I don't think we could ever change it. I think our listeners would kind of uh, uh, lynch us if we did. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, tell me, what's the story with them? Where can I get one? Where do I have to pay for it? Okay, so here's the bad thing about it. Well, it's not a bad thing. You, have to, you can't buy them here in Ireland. No people stock them in the whole of Ireland. You have to go to a company called Wex Photo, which are in Belfast. Okay. And they, the Rhino ROV Pro Traveler is in stock at the moment in there, and it's £399. There's also a, a bundle package also, which is the Rhino ROV Pro Traveler bundle. And with that, you get a Benro tripod, and you get a bag, and you get a variable ND filter for your smartphone. And and the cable. <laughs> oh, the cable is there. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I just saw the cable there. I was like, oh, for God's sake, Darren is going to set Darren off now. <laughs> no, it's included in the bundle. At least they're trying to help you. Everything that you'd need. I mean, yeah. look, you know, okay, you get that slider. One of the things is you have to have a tripod for it to sit on. It doesn't have legs. So you go off and buy that slider yeah. and you don't know that. Then you're going to be sudden pissed off or disappointed because you don't have a tripod that you can use for it. Yeah. No, look, they do to get. Oh, and to give you a little microphone as well. For what? There's no way to give you a microphone. A little microphone. Yeah, a little shotgun mic. Compact one. Uh, but yeah, that is the VSP. I don't know why they give you a little microphone, but look, it is. It was. Um, at the VSP for this week, out of 10, I'm going to give. Actually, do you want? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, Darren. Okay, simply because. Uh, it doesn't take the payload that I, I would want it to. So if I want to use heavier lenses, I couldn't put them on. Also, if I'm using the slider at a tilted angle, rather than being a, a dead straight horizon, if I tilt it up to maybe, I don't know. 20 degrees? Uh, 45 degrees. Okay. 20 degrees. I can only go tilted so much because when it's going up through it the time lapse, the it, it, uh, it doesn't have the you power. You need it's more power, Captain, you know. I'm giving you everything I can. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, two marks docked for that. I just wasn't overly happy about that part. And I didn't, I should have known, I should have known uh, about it. I should have done a bit more homework before buying it. But look, even if I'd known that, I probably still would have bought it. But yeah, eight out of 10 for this week's, this month's VSP. Yeah, I can't score it because I don't have one. I can only score it for how I saw you using it. And to be honest with you, I think eight is a very good score considering, you know, the footage that you got, even when we were in Killarney, and you were only testing and learning it then. You mastered it when you were in Lofoten, and I think going forward, the more that you use it now, and the less people that you have potentially that's going to walk in front, unlike Gavin, who put you onto this day one, he's in New Zealand now at the moment, yeah. and he was in some place using the slider, and all of a sudden, hundreds of people just walk in front of him, and he's like, they don't care, they just walk yeah. in front of you, do you know? Yeah. Yes, the joys of it now, man. So, yeah, I do look forward to using the slider a bit more. I have a project on my hands that I'm going to start in January, and how long it takes me, I have no idea. So I'm doing uh, a collage project of rhino slider movements on my hometown of Limerick, Ireland, 
And also, I'm doing a project where you and I will be going somewhere quite soon, but we're not going to say exactly where and what the plan is. We'll hold that for another podcast, and I'm going to be using that on that project coming up. So I'm really looking forward to that. At least I'm going on this one. Shh, you're letting the cat out of the bag, dude. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going on this one. This project, like. <laughs> okay. Okay, Darren, you have been beautiful. As you always. look amazing with that lovely beard. And uh, I'm going to miss you for a couple of days. Uh, so I'm going to check back in with you maybe next week and we'll do a podcast on something special that's coming up. And I want all our listeners to tune in next week because we have a big, big announcement and we want you to start riling up for something very special very soon. All right, buddy. Any last words for the podcast? Uh, no, I enjoyed your chat with Dave. I enjoyed our chat. And uh, looking forward now to the next one. This will be interesting. I think it'll be fun. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon, buddy, from Cork. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Oh, yeah, don't forget, if you haven't, you know, get on our Facebook group, join the group, like us on Instagram, you know, follow us on YouTube. There's many ways to reach out to us, but we love having the chat, having the crack and having the conversations. So from my point of view, Dermot, yeah, it's been emotional. Shlong fall. Oh, one more thing, Darren. One more thing before we go. I want to say a big, massive congratulations to you on becoming one of YouTube's newest stars. You've recently been uh, bumped up to a what? A monetized mongol. Is that it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll start earning my one cent now for whatever, a week. <laughs> <laughs> one cent a week. <laughs> Uh, no, look, come here. You've worked hard for it. You, you, you've a lot of discipline for YouTube, and you've, you, you really have worked hard. And I think you thoroughly deserve it. And I can see big things you now in 2020 coming. So, well done, buddy. I'm, I'm very proud of you, from myself and from the Irish Photography Podcast. Cheers, horse. Nice one. No bother. Let's see you next week, guys. Hey yo. Hey guys. If you dig what you're hearing why don't you jump over to itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts give us a five star rating and don't forget to share with your friends with all that done we'll see you next week and remember keep shooting